So just for fun, I typed in significance of 104 to see if like there was some mm-hmm. random thing. Uh-huh. And according to Wikipedia, it's the natural number following 103 and preceding 105. Oh, really? Oh, that's comforting. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And happy podcast anniversary, everyone! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah! Can this you, is a big celebration, can, I have to can say. You, can you listening guess what podcast number we're on now based on our excitement? If you guessed 100, you should be right, but you're not. You were woefully incorrect. <laughs> but thank you for taking part in our questionnaire. It's actually, we're celebrating today podcast number 104 because we passed 100 episodes a month ago and forgot that no, it happened. No, no, no. It's because Psalm 104 is amazing, and so we decided instead to honor the 104th episode with cake and streamers and confetti. That's right. You have those uh, things, right? Uh. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my, my, office is, Psalm 100? my office is full of streamers and confetti right now. Um, so th- uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to all those episodes, or some number of them. We're so excited that we uh, have hit 100 uh, and now I've passed 100, uh, all, and you're just finding out about it now. Um, thanks for all of the support and uh, the joyful responses to this uh, offering that we've, that we've been able to do for the last few years. I mean, almost three years now, I think it's been. Two and a half, something like that. Um, and that brings us to, to another, well, I mean, I guess this is not an exciting thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it is for Maya. Maybe it's sad. Um, But Maya, uh, do you want to tell the people what is happening in a couple weeks? Yeah, as of, well, the podcast for, what's the date after? October 29th, November 3rd. November 3rd. Will be my last podcast as part of the Face to Go team. And I'm sure you will hear more of me Mm -hmm. time to time. I'll pop in, give my two cents as I always do weekly. But no, I will no longer be participating on a weekly basis. And this is just simply because I go to school and I have been going to school this whole time. But, you know, it's uh, it's been a really fun run here at faith to go But I unfortunately just needed some time to schedule to, to, pri- to manage my schedule a bit more. There you go. Self-care. Very um, important. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, Maya has been on the podcast since the first episode, number one. Yeah. And now we're 104 episodes in. What a ride. Wow. What a ride has been. Maya, you're old. I know. Maya is an old person. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. actually an octogenarian. <laughs> bet y'all didn't know. Well, we will, we will celebrate Maya uh, for her last episode next week, and today we celebrate 104 episodes, and we thank you all. 
and thank Maya for her hard work uh, as part of the Faith to Go team. And like Mike, like Maya said, it's not that she'll never be on a podcast again or doing anything again, just off of the kind of regular weekly rotation. And then we're going to switch up uh, that third guest every once in a while. So maybe Maya will be on the rotation later, later in the year or something. Who knows? She'll be back. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we need to get to business. Uh, we had a um, Faith to Go Instagram poll this week. Uh, we're going to check in about that. So the, the question was based on last week's gospel and from specifically this section from the parable of the unjust judge. For a while, the judge refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she will not wear me out by continually coming. Jesus seems to be, and the question is this, Jesus seems to be saying that we are, we are to be like the widow, but is it possible that God is also like the widow in the story? And the answer, the, the possibilities were, of course, or probably not. And again, unanimously, of course, took the day. So everyone that took part in the poll said, yeah, of course, God is, God is like the widow as well. Um, do you guys have a vote? Have a thought? I have I'm to glad say... we all agree. <laughs> I was going to say, I have to say that I love the idea of God being like the widow, of that persistent, especially when we aren't necessarily being our best selves, you know, when perhaps we're not worried about what other people think or care about and putting ourselves in that role and God in the role of persistence is it's nice to feel pursued that way. Yeah. So yeah. Always pursuing, always pursuing justice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love, I love that idea too. Uh, And it seems like a hundred percent of people also like that idea. So Thank you to all those who took part in the poll this week. Uh, to all those who looked at the poll this week but didn't click one of the buttons, thank you as well. Uh, and we invite you all to take part in the poll every week. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at faith to go And we also want to hear from you not just in the poll but with any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion. We want to hear those every week. You can send them to us through Instagram with a direct message. You can email us, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can contact us through the website, where you can also find all of those faith to go resources, www.myfaith2go.org. So without further ado, we're going to get into uh, the gospel. And uh, this week of October 20th, we are in proper 25 in year C, and still in Luke's gospel. About four weeks left now, though, after this, after today. So close. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so this week's gospel is, cha- is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And Charlotte is going to read it, and then we're each going to take some time to highlight one point from the gospel we hope you take into your week of discussion or reflection. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, 
I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. All right. Another parable from Jesus in this long string of parables and a short one. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, so just a little bit of uh, context, not much that we need here. Uh, this is the story. This parable follows right after the parable that Jesus told last week about the unjust judge and the widow. So he's kind of doing this tandem teaching on prayer last week about the perseverance in prayer and this week telling a parable about two people praying and what his kind of vision is for that prayer and what that prayer is meant to bring about kind of. Um, so I think that that's all that we really need to know. Uh, Maya has the first point for this week. Yeah. Um, upon reading this, I, I don't know. I just think about how I often, I guess we all do have the tendency to distance ourselves from just people we perceive as less than, you know, and not just even people, but actions or, you know, whatever will say, oh, I can never do that. I can never be like that. I can never, ever say that. I'm so glad I'm not like that. And just as the Pharisee is saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people. You know, I'm not a thief or, thief or a rogue or an adulterer or even like, you know, a tax collector. <laughs> um, but I just think about how alienating that is and how even though we have the tendency to do it how that is so hurtful not just for those on the receiving end of our scorn but also for ourselves because you know no man is an island and um we just need each other you know and it must be so lonely to distance yourself further and further from those you view as less than and there are people that we hold in higher regard that we might never reach their status either. So you have this whole level above you, right? I mean, some people think they're at that top tier, you know, God bless them. But there's this just alienation where you're never good enough, but you're also way better than the other and how God calls us to relationship with those we perceive as less than, not out of, I don't know, you should just do it to be humble. I don't it's because it's liberating for both people from both ends of it. Um, because we're like, we break free from the shackles of our own, I don't know, ego and self-perception and self-addiction. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like the idea that, that um, I like the, the, the fact that Jesus is highlighting here that it's not just in the, it's, it, our actions are important, but it's not just in the ways that we act that create that barrier, but also kind of like the, the, in, the inner life and the internal ways that we either reinforce those barriers of relationship, in relationship or you know, work towards breaking them down or reorienting toward, towards people. So that how we, the way that we 
think is going to impact the way that we act, the way that we understand ourselves in relation to one another is going to impact how we act that out in the world. And the way that we approach ourselves and understand ourselves is going to impact, and God, is going to impact the way that we encounter the world around us and the people around us and can build up that kind of barrier just as much as, you know, kind of like physical actions can separate one another. Also the ways that we kind of reinforce those differences uh, in our own inner life. Well, and I think that that point about differences kind of leads nicely into my point, which is point number two. And I'm going to start off with like when I consider the Pharisee and what he's saying, to me, this is a lesson in who's in and who's out in that moment. And that while this obviously comes from the Bible and it's a parable told by Jesus and therefore it happened a really, really long time ago, um, who is in and who is out is something that is always topical. It's something that's topical to our own lives right now without a lot of exploration. I think that in any community, in any place that we live or exist or choose to participate, that we could very easily identify the people who are in and the people who are out. And the Pharisee in this situation very much views himself as in. And because of his status as in, he inhabits certain behaviors to maintain that relationship within the group, to be in the inner circle, to be seen and valued and appreciated. And I think it's one of those things where I'm supposed to be praying, and so I'm praying, but maybe I'm saying it a little louder hoping that people might hear me praying and therefore realize how awesome and amazing I am. Because in his prayers, he thanks God, um, but he thanks God for his own greatness. He says, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. So he's talking about himself and validating his own inness. And he's taken these other people and put them into a category of outness, um, thieves, rogues, adulterers, tax collectors, or anybody who he views as less than his own personal greatness. Um, and I think it's really interesting because when working with children and talking about how we choose to pray and encouraging them to be willing to pray aloud or to start a prayer practice of their own, often many of us use the structure of help, thanks, wow. What is something that you need God's help with? Um, what is something that you want to thank God for? And what is something that you saw today that made you go, wow, a sunset, a butterfly, um, something amazing outside in creation? And in this whole section where the Pharisee is talking, he doesn't feel the need to ask God for anything. He's got already got everything that he wants. He's in. He has got it all. All he needs to do in order to maintain his inness is to show how everybody else isn't worthy of being included. And he does that through his choice of words by naming everything that's wrong with them and right with him. And I also think it's really interesting that the only thank you that he gives isn't really a thank you to God at all. Um, it's more like patting himself on his own back. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting to me his per, his way of going about all of this. 
Yeah, and I I I find it interesting. I I am struck by <clears throat> I was struck today thinking about this by the the things that he the practices that he lists that that have like that make him this righteous and he says I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all my income. And so he's he is it's interesting because like um those practices aren't in and of themselves bad. They're actually like spiritual practices, tithing, giving mm-hmm. money. But it's it's interesting because like spiritual practices can be it seems like they can be used both they can either be used to bring us closer to one another and to God or to continue to separate us from one another and from God. And it's it's mm-hmm. interesting that the same kind of like practice like you're saying is to him the marker of who is in and who is out. I do these things therefore I'm in. They don't do them therefore they're out. And I do these things and thus I'm justified. And the mm-hmm. whole point I think that Jesus is trying to make is the actions, the actions in an, are not ends in themselves, but means to an end. And the orient, the the more important thing is like the orientation, our orientation when we're doing those actions, because yes. we can we could do anything for the building up of ourselves, or from or for the like, the the not breaking down of ourselves, but like bringing ourselves the down. building of the kingdom. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's it's ourselves or it's the kingdom mm-hmm. and. When and in this instance, the way the Pharisee is going about these holy practices is only for his own good and not for the benefit of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that that goes into my point that I want to make. And it is about this kind of what I see as Jesus trying to invite us to a a shift from kind of like an individual understanding, like we're saying with the Pharisee, an individual understanding of you know, of being part of the kingdom of heaven, or if you want to talk about it as like an individual understanding of salvation towards a more collective, communal, universal kind of cosmic understanding of salvation. Where where the and I think it I think it all ties kind of into these two ideas of righteousness and of, of humility. And to me, I I think of I think there's a like we, there's a lot of ways we can think about humility. I think the one that, I think the one that is most helpful for me is to think about it not as, as making ourselves lower than everybody else, because I, I don't. I think that can. I think just like this Pharisee is building himself up to be better. I think that it's it can be equally it can equally separate us and be just as much of like kind of an ego building strategy to say that we're worse than everybody else. It's just two, it's just opposite ends of the same spectrum. We very often think we're either better or worse than we actually are. We very rarely recognize who we actually are, you know, that, and, and I think humility is, is that kind of rare time, that rare gift where we actually recognize that we are just human, just like everybody else. And that there is a glory in just being human, and and so, I think humility isn't isn't putting ourselves lower than everyone, but being exactly the same, like recognizing our co- the commonness of the human condition, our common humanity. And so, when the when the when Jesus is again setting up these kind of polarities of this tax collector and this Pharisee. The Pharisee says, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, 
And I think Jesus is is setting him up as kind of the the opposite end of the spectrum and trying to tell us through that that what our prayer is 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 God, I thank you that I am exactly like other people. I I thank you that we can all share in this common humanity. And the and through the incarnation know that you share in our humanity as well. And that when we have human experiences of suffering and pain and grieving, that you are sharing in those as well. So that, and this is a thing, you know, I, this, I'm going to quote, I'm going to talk about Richard Rohr, I think, for the second week in a row. But um, he, Richard Rohr, uh, again, on, this, on that podcast, another name for everything, but also in a whole lot of things that he's done, is, t- is trying to talk about this kind of like the one suffering the one humanity, the, the universality of our particular experiences. And so the, when the other thing in here is about righteousness and Jesus is saying this, there's a way to, there's a way, he's talking to people who think they are justified, right, made righteous by trusting themselves. And that is like an individual idea of righteousness. And what he's saying is it's not that you cannot be it's not that there's something, there's something so wrong with being a human that you can't be righteous by yourself. It's that when we do this, we actually become not human. We're not actually being human when we think we are justified, justifying ourselves. That means we're, we think that we are then God. And that is, I think, what it means to exalt oneself, to humble oneself and, and to be justified in God is to t- participate in the one righteousness the one humanity, it's a participatory righteousness that is not dependent on my own doing good and doing the right things, but a participation in the righteousness of God that isn't dependent on me. Right. And when it comes right down to it, not a single one of us ultimately really gets to decide who is in or out. Um, No amount of our own perceived righteousness or doing all of the spiritual practices that we are called to or any number of things create our inness. Yeah, and spiritual practices in and of themselves are not meant to to create separation between those who do them and those who don't, but the people that do them are meant to be continuously they're like an invitation to recognize how we are connected, not how we are separated. Yes. You know? And um, I think that's one little parable with a lot to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so that is uh, three points for us. Um, number one point was Maya's, and it was about kind of the the when we when we do this thing that Jesus is showing this Pharisee in this story doing um, this kind of in this kind of individual righteousness. It actually leads to great suffering because we are separating ourselves, and we're separating ourselves. Then we are alone in this kind of in this journey of being human. And that is a painful place to be. Uh, number two was uh, Charlotte's, and it was about uh, asking the question, who is in and who is out? And, and what kind of ways, what ways in our lives are we deciding who's in and who's out instead of recognizing our, our common experience and our commonality and our communion with all people and all creation? And number three was mine, and it kind of followed from that second point. Um, just about the invitation that Jesus is extending to us to recognize, recognize regularly the, our common humanity with other people 
our common humanity with Jesus, and also God's participation in our humanity, and thus the oneness that we are invited to participate in, uh, in righteousness and humility and salvation and reconciliation. So having uh, heard that discussion, Charlotte is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast, uh, the week of October 27th, proper 25 in year C. We'll be back uh, next week. Make sure you uh, send us all of your questions, comments, and stories uh, from your week of faith discussion. You can contact us through Instagram at faith to go where you can also take part in our weekly poll and see all of our other weekly posts. You can email us, faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. Or you can contact us through the website where you can find all of those Faith to Go resources, www.myfaithtogo.org. Also make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And until next week, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everybody.